Scripture reading today will be from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 6 to 13. The magnificent prayer, priestly prayer of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. John 17, verses 6 to 13. Here is the word of God. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and all and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I, ha I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. The text for the sermon today is this last verse, verse 13. But now I come to you, and these, thing, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. May God bless the reading and the preaching of his word. <clears throat> Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the upheavals we have experienced during the past few years have affected us in many different ways, including our church life, including our inner life, our emotions. We have easily been overwhelmed by worries, fear, frustra frustration, tensions, conflict, anger, sadness, gloom, confusion, melancholy, discouragement. Many have offered advice 
as on how to deal with negative emotions. We can certainly benefit from practical advice for physical and mental health. However, true joy, true peace cannot come from us. It can only be found in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The upper room discourse of Christ with his disciples is precisely about peace and joy. Keeping your heart joyful is a challenge in this world. Jesus' conversation with his disciples in John 13 to 16, followed by his priestly prayer in John 17, teaches us how important it is for him, for Christ, that we have peace in our hearts. He says in John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Again in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And in John 16, verse, verse 33, he says again, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Giving peace in the middle of the raging storm is the main goal, the main theme of this discourse. The Lord Jesus also values our joy very much. As he says in John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Then, in our text, John 17, 13, he says to his father in his prayer, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy fulfilled in themselves. <clears throat> true, joy, true joy is a precious gift from the Lord. Being filled with His joy in our hearts is so important to Him that he took the time to pray for that in that specific moment just before he was going to the cross. I have the privilege to proclaim to you the joy of Christ in our hearts. We will see first the source of this joy and then the communication of this joy. What is the source of this joy? <clears throat> We're not talking about any ordinary joy. We're talking about the joy of the Lord himself as he prayed that they may have my 
joy fulfilled in themselves. My joy. His desire for us to be filled with his joy clearly shows, clearly implies that he himself is filled with joy. Yes, his joy is already perfect in him. There is no other joy like his joy anywhere else in the universe. My dictionary of synonyms suggests the following words as synonyms for joy. Delight, happiness, excitement, pleasure, elation, thrill, jubilation, exaltation, exhilaration, euphoria, enthusiasm, rapture, giddiness, hilarity, good time, cheerfulness, joviality, jubilance, good mood, and so forth. So I learn a few English words in this list. Some of these words may partially correspond to the joy of the Lord, yes, but several of them miss the point. The joy of the Lord is different from any exhilarating, euphoric, or cheerful emotion that non-Christians might experience. This joy that he gives us, in fact, is difficult to describe in words. <clears throat> Peter, Peter says in his first letter, chapter 1, verse 8, that it is a joy inexpressible and full of glory, a joy unspeakable and glorious. We don't have the words to describe it. The Apostle Peter also says that this joy will dwell in our hearts even in the midst of afflictions and trials, suffering and joy together. Even when there is no pleasure, no thrill, no jubilation, the joy of the Lord will dwell in us. A mystery, deep, profound mystery. There is no button somewhere we can push to produce joy automatically. It doesn't exist. No, joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. And a fruit takes time to develop. And to produce this fruit, the Spirit draws from the source of joy. The Lord Jesus, in his prayer, reveals to us the source of joy. Verse 13, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. The source is presented in the beginning of this verse. But now I come to you. And Jesus speaks, Jesus prays, he speaks to his Father. Christ is speaking to his Father who is in heaven because he is going to heaven. In other words, Father, I leave this world behind to return to heaven 
in your glorious presence. I do this so that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Christ's presence in heaven today is the source and the guarantee of our joy. But I don't understand. What does his ascension have to do with my joy, with our joy? And the answer is not obvious at first sight. The disciples themselves did not understand at first, not at all. On the contrary, <clears throat> when Christ told them that he would physically leave them and go back to the Father, they were deeply troubled. They were fear fearful, anxious in their hearts. Don't abandon us alone in this world. Yet the Lord carefully prepared them for his departure. He did everything to convince them that his departure from earth was really, really good news. John 14, verse 3. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. John 14, verse 28. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and I coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. John 16, verse 5 to 7. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper of the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. It is so fascinating. Christ does not burden his disciples by focusing on the excruciating suffering that is approaching him. In a few moments, in the Garden of Gethsemane, yes, he will be absorbed in his anxiety. In a few hours, on the cross, yes, he will suffer atrociously, body and soul. He will suffer alone all the intensity of the punishment we deserve because of our sins. So that we may have peace and joy in him. He already had announced his disciples his suffering, his death, his resurrection three times. But here in the upper room, he refrains from speaking about his coming sufferings. Rather, he concentrates on telling them the good news of his ascension in heaven and the good news of the subsequent sending of the Spirit. Why does he do that? 
to communicate his peace and his joy to them. Peace and joy in the middle of the raging storm. And now he prays to his father, but now I come to you that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Why does Christ's ascension to his Father in heaven guarantee our joy? What is the link between his ascension and our joy? Well, first, because his ascension confirms that he has perfectly accomplished, accomplished his mission on earth. John 17, verse 4 and 5. Father, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself. So when the Father received his Son in heaven with open arms, he showed that he was fully satisfied with the work of his Son. You have perfectly atoned for all the sins of those I have given you. You have conquered sin, Satan, and death. I welcome you with perfect joy into my glory. His ascension to heaven also means that Christ has been crowned king of the universe and head of his church. He has entered into his reign, as Christ himself said in Matthew 28, verse 18, just before his ascension. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Today, he uses this power to pour into us the Holy Spirit of consolation and to give us his consolation. Today, from heaven, he is gover governing and controlling everything that is happening in the world and in your lives. Everything. Everything that may be source of fear or sadness in your life or anxiety. He controls all that. Everything that may bother us. From his heavenly headquarters, he gathers his church day by day. He protects us. He strengthens us. He comforts us with his spirit. Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. From heaven and by his spirit, the Lord Jesus is pouring his joy into us so that his joy may be fulfilled in ourselves. By going to the Father, Christ has regained the glory that he always had within the Trinity from eternity. John 17, 5. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. The glory, and the glory includes perfect joy. Yes, the Father did glorify His Son. 
in his glory, Christ is now filled with perfect joy. In perfect communion with his Father and the Holy Spirit. This is his joy today. A perfect joy that nothing and no one can disturb or darken or weaken. Nothing in the universe troubles him or produces anxiety or discouragement in him. That's impossible. He is the one who controls everything. There is no other joy like this joy like his joy in the whole universe. The perfect joy of Jesus our Lord and Savior. That's the joy he wants us to be filled with. The joy of receiving his forgiveness. What a joy to be forgiven. The joy of tasting his grace. Totally unmerited grace. What a joy. The joy of his perfect salvation. Completed. The joy of the presence of his Holy Spirit in us. Among us today. The joy of living in communion with the Father. Peace with him. The joy of the blessed hope to come when he comes back to do everything new. New heaven, new earth, a new dawn, a new day. So where should we look for true joy? Should we seek this joy in the brief pleasures and fragile toys of this world or in the tiny and shaky consolations that this world offers us or in the very uncertain circumstances of our lives? No, no. Perfect joy is found in heaven in Jesus Christ himself who is in the presence of his Father in his perfect glory. So lift up your eyes to heaven. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Looking to Jesus, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There, there we find true joy, his joy, which becomes our joy, the joy he wants to give us in abundance. This brings us to the second point, the communication of this joy, which is a very important question. How does the Lord communicate his joy to us. How does heaven comes down to earth? What means does he use to pour his joy 
into our hearts. If there is no button we can push, what does he do? What means does he use to produce that joy in our hearts? <clears throat> Verse 13 says, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Before ascending to the Father, Jesus spoke in the world. He spoke to his disciples. He spoke to crowds of people. He spoke abundantly, clearly, with authority. He spoke the words that the Father had given him to speak. Why did he speak? Because he wanted to reveal God's plan of salvation, including the fact that he wanted to fill with his joy those who belong to him. In his abundant goodness, the Holy Spirit led the apostles to keep the word that Christ spoke to them and to write down these words that we now have in our Bibles, in the New Testament. We have the privilege of having the Word of God in our hands. What a privilege! And it is for our joy, says Christ. What are these things that Jesus spoke in the world? Well, there are many things. What did he say? Many important words. For example, he said in John 14, verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's one example. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Very important word. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth. What a promise. And here in his prayer, he says again in John 17, verse 3, and this is eternal life. What is more important than eternal life? This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And then, again in John 17, verse 24, <clears throat> Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. Isn't that Rejoicing, hearing all these words. What a joy to have these words. Words of truth. Words of grace. Words filled with glory and with clarity. Words articulated <clears throat> in an intelligible way so that we may understand them with our mind, with our intelligence, 
and teach them to our children and to other people around us so that they may also understand with their mind. But these words go beyond our intelligence. They are deeper. They penetrate deep into our hearts. We cherish them more than anything else. Or we should cherish them more than anything else. These words give life. They regenerate. They produce faith. They strengthen faith. They give new strength, new hope. New hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. These words give us the joy of our Savior in our hearts. They fill our hearts with his joy right in the middle of the raging storms of our lives. See how closely doctrine and emotions are connected. Doctrine and emotions. God created us with a mind that can think, but he also created us with emotions that can feel. Both aspects are given to us with the calling to glorify God with our mind and our emotions. Word and spirit of God transforms our intelligence to make us understand these wonderful truths. And these truths from the Word of God are used by the Holy Spirit to produce in our hearts a burning fire, a burning fire, an inexpressible and glorious joy. Just a few days after the upper room discourse and the priestly prayer, two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus. You know the story. They were overwhelmed with, with joy, no, with sadness deep sadness. Their master had just been put to death. All their hopes were gone. Total disappointment. Complete sadness. But now some women told them that he was alive. What's going on? And now these two disciples meet this stranger on the road. And the stranger takes the scriptures, the Old Testament, and explains the scripture to them. The word. And then their eyes open up to the risen Christ. And then they are overjoyed. Luke 24, verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, he talked, he opened the scripture to them, and a burning heart, burning, a joy so great that the, the heart burns. Yes, a fire was burning in their hearts, a fire kindled by the word and the spirit of God, their hearts overflowing with joy, overflowing with joy. Dear brothers and sisters, 
Is the fire of the Word and of the Spirit of God burning in your hearts? Are you filled with inexpressible and glorious joy when you listen to the Word of God? Does this joy remain in you when you keep His Word with you during the week? The intellect, the mind, and the emotions must not be separated. They go together. We understand the truth with our mind, and this fills our hearts with unspeakable joy. Some are satisfied with accumulating knowledge while neglecting the heart. Joy then is missing, and the mind becomes dry and boastful. Others, on the contrary, try to produce emotions artificially without the correct knowledge of the Word of God. Then they try to manipulate people. Intelligence is missing and true joy is not there. These things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I speak and then my joy. His word given to our intelligence producing his joy into our hearts. Dear brothers and sisters, when you are worried, when you are saddened, downcast, frustrated, troubled, melancholic, or discouraged, because it happens, right? When you are worried or all these things, come to the Lord. Drink and feed abundantly on His Word. Take the time to read, to listen, to study with intelligence. Ask the Holy Spirit the gift of understanding His Word, filled with truth and grace. And don't forget to ask Him to fill you with His joy through His Word and Spirit. Like we sang Psalm 51, David asked for this joy, renewed joy. Give me again the joy of your salvation after he had sinned and confessed his sin. Yes, today in heaven, today in heaven, the joy of the Lord Jesus is perfect. Nothing can ever darken or diminish this joy. Nothing can ever increase this joy either. It is a perfect and complete joy. Of course, here on earth, our joy is not perfect, not yet. Far from it. His joy is not yet completely fulfilled in ourselves. 
Nevertheless, this joy of the Lord is already here. A joy already given and received by faith, at least in part, as a foretaste. Because we have communion with God, we belong to Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, we have His Word, we have a foretaste of the complete and perfect joy to come. Sadly, we still have this sinful nature. We still live in this corrupt world and miserable world with all its brokenness and tears. We are still afflicted with all kinds of sufferings. Jesus knows this very well. When he ascended in heaven, he knew what it meant for his disciples to remain in this world. Struggles, challenges, persecution, sufferings. Christ speaks extensively about this reality in his discourse and in his prayer. John 15, verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world hates you. Jesus was preparing them for persecution. John 16, verse 20 to 22. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament. You will weep and lament. But the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful. But your sorrow will be turned into joy. Therefore, you now have sorrow but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. Jesus had prepared for his disciples a number of steps that would lead progressively from sorrow to joy. From sorrow to joy. He has also prepared for us a number of steps that will lead us progressively from sorrow to to joy and to the ultimate joy the perfect joy one day with him O Lord change our sorrows into joy rejoice the Lord is King rejoice give thanks and sing lift up your heart lift up your voice again I say rejoice rejoice yes Christ, our Savior, ascended to heaven for our joy. He spoke in this world for our joy. He wants to fill our minds with his wonderful truths. He wants to fill our hearts with his perfect joy. One day, soon, he will make a new creation. He will gather us together around him with all the elect, to celebrate his glory. All sorrows, all sufferings, all anxiety, mourning, death will be abolished forever. His perfect joy in heaven will be made perfect in our hearts. At last, his joy will be completely fulfilled in ourselves. 
Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.